I think it's the 2000s? The time machine worked. Well, then let's start broadcasting it on VIC Radio every time we go to a new decade and call it the Time Warp. From 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. on Tuesdays. Well, I'll see you there. Or should I say, then... I don't know, but I think we just traveled through time. Quick, turn on a radio. I think we must be in the 60s. Well, while we're here, we might as well make a radio show. And we can make it so that it broadcasts through all decades, but only from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. on Tuesday nights. And people can tune in on VICradio.org. Awesome idea, but what decade should we go to next? At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, you feel like you're a little in over your head? Consider finding yourself a free tutor and the Ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. And it's for the gays. Join a sonic ride with pride every Tuesday night at 10. It's Double Rainbow on VIC Radio Ithaca. Dedicated to exploring the best queer songs by the queer Have a request? Call in at 607-274-1053. Dancing is or hit us up on Twitter at Radio. Only on VIC Radio Ithaca. Welcome to Agree to Disagree on VIC Radio at Ithaca College. On this show, we will debate all things sports, and sometimes we'll agree, and other times we won't. My name is Noah Schwartz, and I'm here alongside Jack Asello, Dean Gutick, and Aiden Chard. Now let's get this show on the road. Good morning. Hello, everyone. What's going on? Welcome back to our third live version of Agree to Disagree here in studio on a Saturday morning here at VIC. I'm Noah Schwartz alongside Jack Asello, Dean Gutick, and Aiden Chard. Boys, what's happening? Not much. Uh, my voice is back this time. Hey. That's good. Everybody else good? Yeah, let's get right into it. All right, so we got a lot to discuss. Uh, we're going to start with the NFL. We'll talk some uh, NBA news as well as training camps and media day are coming up just in a couple of days and college football to wrap up the show. So let's start uh, with the NFL. We'll have a new segment that we'll, that we'll do today, but we're going to start with some of the big games of the weekend. And we're going to start with Chiefs uh, – with. Uh, with the Chiefs and the Chargers, because that's probably the big 1 o'clock game in the afternoon. Let's discuss it a little bit, and then we'll pick each of us pick our winner. So, Jack, let me let me hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, this could be a very interesting game. Obviously, the Chiefs, we know what we got with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, three of, the, three of the best offensive players in the game today. And the Chargers are a team on the up-and-up. They're coming up. They have a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert, who's been playing well. They come, they're coming off a tough loss against the Cowboys. But I think they're going to try and really bounce back. Herbert last year, when he played the Chiefs, he played them very well. Obviously, his first career game was against the Chiefs, where Tyrod Taylor was apparently injured due to a doctor's failure. So he came in unknowing he was going to start, and he went out there and nearly defeated the Chiefs. So he always puts up a good fight against them. I think this is going to be a close game, but I think the Chiefs are going to take it. I mean, you beat me to it right there. I, I, lo- I Listen, I love the Chargers. I love this Chargers team. This Chargers team has a ton of potential. I'm huge on Brandon Staley. I, li- I love Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. And he had an amazing rookie year, too, last year while playing the uh, Chiefs. Um, I do think this is going to be another close game between the Chargers and Chiefs. But I do think this is going to be another close game that the Chiefs do end up winning. Um, so I'm going to say Chiefs, and I think this is going to be a Big 12 shootout. I'm going to say 35-31. All right, so first of all, uh, I would like the respect I deserve for last week telling you all the Ravens were going to beat the Chiefs and that Lamar Jackson was going to have 
an incredible game. Best game of his career. Which Love he it. did. I bow down to you, Aiden. You know, I was yep. a little bit wrong. I was a little bit wrong on the statistical side of it. I said, what, four hundred passing, one hundred rushing? Uh, yeah. But it was, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty great game by Lamar. So that being said, I don't know if I want to go back to doubting the Chiefs again. However, I'm a big I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. He was my top pick for quarterbacks last season coming out of college. Um, I knew he was going to be special. I knew he was going to be worthy of the number one overall pick. The Bengals definitely could have take should have taken him, but oh, it's tough. It's tough. I think I I think I got to do my guy justice and go with the Chargers. I like um, it. I think. I, I find it hard to believe that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes would lose two games in a row. You know, they're this generation's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Be under 500. Yeah, that's um, never, they've never been under 500. Yeah. This, was the, this is now the first week Patrick Mahomes is ever going to start a game in which his team wasn't in at least a share of first place ever in his career. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, it's not that I think this Chiefs team is bad. What I think it is, what we saw yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, their defense is okay. Oh, they can't stop the they run can't at stop all. But they can't stop the run, and you have a very good running back in Austin Eckler and a surprisingly mobile quarterback in Justin Herbert. But what's even more concerning, they can't stop the run. They also can't run at all. Edwards Hilaire was the guy who fumbled the game away. Um, they don't have a consistent running game. It just they, they they don't have a guy that they can really put heavy carries into. They can't control the clock. Yeah, you can throw it seventy five yards to Patrick Mah- uh, from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, but that's not gonna. I don't think that's gonna win you games against Justin Herbert, who can do the same thing to Mike Williams or. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Keenan Allen. Right? There you go. I was trying to come up with it. I couldn't remember. But so yeah, I got Chargers, but it's gonna be a close one. Dean, I agree with you. It's going to be a shootout. Now, I'm totally with you, Aiden, on the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs cannot stop the run. I, I've i seen it in the first two weeks. Obviously, playing <laughs> Cleveland and the Ravens is, you know, they're probably the two best rushing teams in the conference. So it's a little hard to judge. They might be better against some of these lesser teams. However, I kind of disagree with you, Aiden, on the whole um, Chiefs can't run the ball thing. Clyde Hilaire struggled last week with the fumbles, with the fumble, obviously, but he did put up a decent game before that. And honestly, a lot of their, essentially their running game comes from a lot of the screen passes and shorter stuff that comes from Mahomes. Like, you think about it, how many times they just get Kelsey to one of those little slants or something out to the side, uh, you know, quick right as soon as they snap the ball. That's essentially their run game. It's like their little short pass game because it's just quick outs. There's no pressure on Mahomes in those, in those plays. And uh, they can pretty much pick up six, seven yards on those whenever they want to. So I would disagree with you slightly there because they can move the ball essentially whenever they want uh, at will. But, yeah, they can't stop anybody, and hopefully it gets better once they play a team that doesn't have a superstar running back. Eckler's good, but he's not a superstar. So we'll see if they can improve this week. I don't know. We'll see. It's I good. mean, ar- arguably, the the Ravens do not currently have a superstar running back. They just have, like, mm-hmm. seven guys who are well, past their prime. I mean, Lamar is arguably the— Yeah, you have Lamar. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, next game we're going to talk about, because there's a lot of good ones uh, this weekend. We're going to get to the Rams and the Bucks. Now, this is the, oh. the classic matchup in the afternoon, 425 Fox. This will be Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, you know, the whole nine yards. Probably the two best teams so far that we've seen in the NFC. I would say that because they're both 2-0, they both look great on both sides of the ball, and my God, these two quarterbacks are playing out of their minds. So I'll start with you, Dean. Who you got, and just break this down for us a little bit because this is going to be a fun matchup. It would probably give us whoever wins our early Super Bowl favorite in the conference. First of all, this is going to be a matchup with tons of fireworks. I mean, these are the two best teams in the NFC, and this is the two best teams we thought of, of the NFC heading into this year, especially after the LA Rams got went out and got Matthew Stafford. Um, obviously, the Ram, um, the Rams don't have Cam Akers, which is not the best, but. They still have Cooper Cup, who's been going off this year. They still have Robert Woods. They still have a great passing game. They still have Sean McVay. Their defense is still as good as it gets. The Bucks, same thing. The Bucks are a well-balanced team, especially on offense, uh, even though they are more of the pass. They have a great defense. I think that, you know, this could either be, like, really high scoring or really low scoring because these team, two teams are capable of shutting down the whole game and making it low scoring. 
I'm going to go with the low scoring game here. I'm going to say 17 to 14, and I'm going to go with the wow. LA and I'm going to go with the LA Rams winning by a last minute field goal. All right. All right. I, I'm like going to completely disagree with that. This game is going to be an absolute shootout. You said there's going to be fireworks. There's going to be lots of fireworks in this game. I'm gonna. This is a great matchup. Offense versus defense on both sides is going to be very interesting to see how each team takes their approach. In terms of, in terms of talent, it's pretty much dead even. In dead even at certain spots, the Chiefs, the it's not the Chiefs, the Rams are a lot stronger in the secondary, the secondary than the Bucks are. But if the Bucks, I mean, overall, obviously Aaron Donald is the most talented player, but. In terms of guys that are more talented on the defensive line, I would give the edge to the Bucks. So they each have a defensive strength, which I think is really interesting. The Bucks are going to be down Antonio Brown this game. He's on the COVID reserve list, so they lose one major weapon in their arsenal. I think that's going to be a big factor, especially on third downs. So it's going to be tough. Gronkowski's been great this year, but I feel like he's destined to come back down to earth eventually. He may be guarded by your guy Jordan Fuller. This yes, week too. he will. Jordan, that could be a challenge for Jordan. I hope he's up to it. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my hometown guy, and I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. I think they're going to take this one and prove that they're the best team in the NFC. Rams thirty-one to nothing. Yes, I can't believe we're all picking the Rams, but we are. I mean, it's it's at home. It's in SoFi. You know those fans that are going to be pumped up. Yeah, it's not like last week where ninety percent of the people in there were Dallas fans. I mean, SoFi Stadium was literally AT and T Stadium. Last week, but just the LA version. Uh, this week it'll be full of Rams fans, and we know they're going to be pumped up. I just love what the Rams have brought to the table this year so far. I do. I mean, Cooper Cup is playing out of his mind. You know, Stafford's new best friend. And if you I have him in fantasy football. You're definitely winning. Yeah, he, he's been great. I, I have him in one of my leagues. Um, honestly, though, what has been what's so interesting to me about the Rams is that they've accomplished all this so far. They're two and zero. And they really haven't been able to, I think, show everything that they've got on offense. Like, their running game hasn't been great yet. And they haven't even utilized, like, Deshaun Jackson very much. They haven't really gotten Van Jefferson all that involved. Once that happens, oh, my God, this team is going to be really special. I, I think they, the, the sky is the limit for the L.A. Rams. They're, they're to me, the best team in the NFC, too. So I agree. Anyone else want to add something in that game? I see you over there, Dean, smiling. Uh, well, in our fellow league, in, in our gaming class for sports media, we're 2-0. We have two L.A. Rams starting in this game, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. So this is another reason why I'm rooting for the L.A. Rams to all win right. this game. We've also been doing uh, we've been doing pretty well through two weeks in that in that league. We got a, I, I don't know how we got such a good team. Stafford, we got Hopkins, we got Cup, Lockett, Josh Taylor. This is in a— Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Sorry, did I say Josh Taylor? Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Um, this is in a 14-team league we got this. DJ Chark, yeah, Gasecki, who hasn't done too well so far, but I think he's going to break out. You know, We're going to get to fantasy football more in a couple minutes. Yeah, I know. It's just, wow, that team's, that team's good. I question the people you drafted with. All right. True. Uh, so we're also going to get to Packers 49ers, which is the Sunday night game from Levi Stadium. For whatever reason, this has sort of been Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite under the under Kyle Shanahan. He just can't seem to beat the 49ers in a big in a big game. Lost to them a couple years ago in the regular season. Then lost to them in the conference title game. So he gets another shot to face Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend. Aiden, I'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts as the 49ers have a huge home game trying to stay undefeated. I think the first half of the um, of the Lions Packers game showed us more more than words could say about this Packers team and how absolutely terrible it is. Uh, they, they they crushed the Lions. What they, are you talking they about? They went out in the second half and, and, and blew up the game. Yeah, but that game should not have been close. This it the, wasn't close. Not it, it was for a while. It was for, like 38-17. The, fir- the first half was 21-17 or something like that. It was a close game for a while. The Rams or the the... the Lions were ahead for a time. Um, it was. It was. I don't think it was a pretty game. Yeah, it was. Um, it was seventeen to fourteen at the half. The Lions were in the lead at the half, and, and then what happened? Then what happened is someone back me up on this. The second please. half. The second half. Yes, the Packers went out, did very very well, but that game should not have been down by three for the Packers at the half. This is the Detroit Lions. This is they're one of the worst teams. 
in football. They traded away their Hall of Fame quarterback. They lost both of their receivers. DeAndre Swift is a good running back. He's not the best running back. He's probably not even the best running back on that team right now. Yes, he is. He's like... You think Williams is better? No. No, he's not. This is not a good team. And combined with the Saints game from week one, especially seeing how the Saints played week two... Uh, maybe the Saints team isn't as good as I was saying last week, but I don't think this Packers team is good at all. Um, I think they're really bad, and they got lucky that they got matched up against a really, really weak opponent. Um, so I got I got the 49ers, and I do think it will be close because the 49ers have horrible injury luck, and I think they're going to get an, a big injury in this game. But that's, that's a terrible Ouch. prediction. Uh, Don't well, predict that. Look, look they've been, it's been happening every week. It, when was the last week you can remember that you didn't get a notification in the middle of a 49ers game that's like star player injured? Yeah, most areas. Right? All, all, all their running backs are hurt. All their running backs are hurt. They lost, you know, they lost Garoppolo last year. They lost Bosa. They lost Kittle was out. Kittle, like they, they just keep losing players. I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just expecting it to happen. All right, I, I want to say something to this. Your disrespect of the Packers year by year, it really impresses me how much it grows. But the Packers aren't a— I, When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? I mean, I haven't been wrong about that. Uh, when was the last time your Saints won? They won a year after that, so— yeah, Two years after that, actually. No, you won 09, they won 10. I thought they were the 2011 season. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Aaron Rodgers' hate is just unbelievable. For yeah, me. anyway— I, I wouldn't say the Packers are a bad team because I'm never going to call a team with Aaron Rodgers on it truly bad. But truly bad. They have their flaws, certainly. They clearly they, they have some weaknesses that are pretty obvious. But Aaron Rodgers, most of the time, is a pretty good. He, he pretty much cancels out any weakness he have a lot of the time with, with the, just how great he is. And the Lions, yes, even though they're a bad team, that doesn't mean bad teams can't play hard and can't play well. They do have a great one-two punch right now at running back in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And believe it or not, Jared Goff, as much as I don't like him, he's actually played very well these first couple weeks of this season. He's really proving that he's better than people expected. He doesn't have much to work with, so he struggles at the end of games because he doesn't have a a really go-to guy. And you see DeAndre Swift sometimes is like leading them in receptions. But otherwise, this Lions team, even if you're not as talented, you could still play hard and play well. Yeah, and, and by the way, the Lions played San Francisco in Week 1 and played them much tougher than they did the Packers in Week 2. So if anything, you should be criticizing San Francisco for that game being an 8-point game in the final minute and Jared Goff having a chance to potentially come down and score and win that game. They didn't. But still, this Packers game was 35-17. It was an 18-point game. Packers doubled their score, plus 1. You know, Lion, they didn't do that when they played the 49ers, so, you know, I, yeah. I, I would criticize San Francisco of anyway. yeah. I'm gonna go with They the, almost blew that game. I'm going to go with the 49ers in this game. As much as I like the Packers, I think the 49ers are around around the, on both sides of the football. They're a better team, and when it comes down to coaching, I'll take Shanahan over the floor any day. First of all, I, first of all the 49ers were being nice to the Detroit Lions by giving them a chance to come back in the game. Maybe you, know, maybe you just – but you know what? Packers, Niners, for some reason – Thank you. For some reason, like you said, and it's not just, you know, the conference title game. It's even when they had Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco. It always just seems like Green Bay cannot figure out San Francisco. Um, this is a defense that's still very good. I'm still going to go with the Niners in this game. Um, this is another low-scoring game. I'm, I'm low-balling this week. I'm going to say 24-21. Not as low-scoring, but I think there will be more defense in this game, and I think you said it best, No, This is the Kyle Shanahan kryptonite. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers here. <clears throat> Finally, Aaron Rodgers beats what is just strangely his nemesis in Shanahan. I don't get how that's a thing, but it has been. Really, you could argue the 49ers. When you look back at it in his career, he also even struggled in the Harbaugh days. Against... Yeah, when Alex Smith was there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And Kaep- didn't they- yeah. Kaepernick beat him in a playoff yeah. game, right? Yeah, Kaepernick destroyed him in Right, a that was the game, game he had, I think, Two touchdowns rushing. rushing. Yeah, yeah the, the one where he like, broke the, the playoff rushing record or something. For a quarterback, at least. I don't know. So, yeah. anyway, I'm going to take the Packers, and... I mean, Aaron Jones last week was unbelievable. Yeah, he destroyed, so, he destroyed me in fantasy. So he, Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers. I think they'll get to 2-1. and one. Aaron Rodgers said everyone needs to chill out, and I think he'll prove it. Last game we'll talk about... This is a big divisional game. This actually has a lot of implications, I think, playoff-wise early in the season. If you're 0-3... 
your chances of making the playoffs, in my eyes, are pretty much sunk. And that is what the Colts are facing if they don't beat the Tennessee Titans on the road on Sunday. So this is a huge game. Jack, go ahead. I, I'm really interested in what this one in, in, in this game, especially considering we don't know Carson Wentz's status. We don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, we don't know Carson Wentz's status because, of course, he's injured again. What else changes? I, I was rooting for him. Don't say I wasn't. Anyway, the Titans and Colts, I like the Colts as a team a lot. I think they're well-rounded. They have a good coach in Frank Reich. At the same time, the Titans are also they're, they're a one-dimensional team. Titans are a one-dimensional team. They pretty much lack any type of defense. It's a, pretty much all offense. It's about clock control and taking a couple shots of a couple shots a game. We saw last week how good their offense could be when Derrick Henry is rolling. Last week he last week I think he sco- he ran he he ran for over two hundred. Correct? If I'm Henry, yeah, he was close. I think he yeah. had one eighty something, something like that. And he was the reason that the they were able to beat the Seahawks. And you saw how good that offense is when he is rolling. So this game all comes down to how, what Derek Henry are we going to see? Are we going to see the one from week one or the one from week two? I hope we see the one from week three because overall, without Carson Wentz, I don't feel good about the Colts. I liked, I picked the Colts to win the division this year just because overall I think they're a more well-rounded team. But the Titans right now have the better offense. And, t- and today's game, offense is what wins. I'm going to go with the Titans in this one. This is a must-win game for the Colts. Like and if like, I mean this game matters for both teams. You know, if you're the Titans, you don't want to start one and two. I mean, they could have been. I mean, zero oh and two right now if, if it weren't for that Seattle game. But if you're Indianapolis, you don't want to start zero and three. I mean, yes, granted, you played the NFC West to open up, and playing any NFC West team is hard. And you're playing the best division football. You play the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, who will you know. Always compete for an MVP for for MVP, and then you play the uh, the Rams, who are arguably the most complete team in the NFC. So the Colts have had a really hard path had, uh, leading into this game. Um, I think they're going to split the season series, but I think round one goes to the Titans. So I'm going to say Titans win twenty four uh, twenty eight twenty four, and uh, Jacob Beeson has a good game. No, yeah, we don't know if Carson's going to play, but it may be Jacob if, Eason. If Jacob Eason Now, plays. I got a stat here. History, since 1980, this is NFL history, six out of 182 0-3 teams have made the playoffs. So that's a, point, that's a 3.2% chance. Now, this year it'll be different because there's an extra game, so you have to factor that in, but it's almost impossible. But this division is just atrocious. I mean, the, yeah. the, and we saw the Texans the other night. They are horrendous. Yep. We know that. We know the Jaguars are awful. So one of these two teams is winning the division. It's just a matter of who. The Texans are not atrocious. Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Okay. Stop it. It doesn't he's matter. Got, he's, got, he's got a point. With Tyrod Taylor, that game is a different story. Maybe not. They don't win maybe it Maybe not anyway. a win, but it's, it's a much, much All right, fine. So if he misses but, a month or something, whatever it's going to be, it looks like he's going to miss at least a month. Yeah. They're not winning any of those games with Davis Mills. And I was actually yeah. kind of impressed with Davis Mills. Yeah. But look, they're not winning. So one of these two teams between Tennessee and Indianapolis is probably winning the division. It's just a matter of are the Colts one and two? I mean, are the Colts uh, one and two, or they go, they go to zero and three? So we'll find out. But history says that it's really hard. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans as well. Just too much uncertainty at quarterback. I mean, Henry's going to probably get thirty. Car- he got thirty five carries last week. Yeah. He may get another thirty this week. Derek, they're going to lean on him. Yeah, Derrick Henry. I mean, as much as good as he is this year, and maybe he's got maybe another year after this left. He's the, unbelievable. The body can only take so much. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was didn't the Chiefs from a couple of years ago or a few years ago start like zero and five or one and five? And yeah. They went eleven and five. They 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 started. The Chiefs started one and five and then ended the season with ten straight wins, made it into the playoffs, and that was the same season, if I remember correctly, that the Texans started zero and three and also made the playoffs, matched up with the Chiefs. Oh, wasn't that Watson's rookie no, year? No, that was no. Yeah. Actually, that was Watson's rookie year. Was that season? Okay. Was the Texans one? The Chiefs one was before they had Mahomes. That was with Alex Smith. Still. Got it. Okay. Either way, it's very hard. Yeah, it, it yeah. really happens. Very difficult. No. And that was wasn't that the? I think that was the season. Either the season of or the season before they had like no pass touchdowns to a wide receiver the entire season. Oh yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was when they had like that was Jamal after like Charles. Dwayne Bow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Jamal, a few years ago. Jamal Charles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, Jamal um, Charles era. I think this is a this is a tough one because yeah, you have two teams that are really underperforming but on opposite sides of the ball. Nobody expected the uh, the Colts offense to be, you know, ex- super explosive. 
Uh, but the defense was supposed to be shut down. This was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. Uh, and it hasn't really been. Uh, on the other side of the ball, or on the other hand, you got the the Titans, who are supposed to have, on paper, one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the league. And they, they played well last week against the Seahawks. Uh, but a large part of that was due to Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry can't get going... We saw it against the Cardinals. The Titans' offense can't get going. You can't establish the pass game if you can't establish the run game with this Titans team. And A.J. Yes. Brown is Hill's simply not quiet. Yeah. Is it just me or is A.J. Brown no, nothing? I, I thought he was yeah. due for such a monster season, A.J. Brown. How, how, Still plenty of time. But. I, I, think the Titans, I think the Titans have the easier road to victory. The Titans just need to get Derrick Henry rolling, um, and they're good to go. But and they I have think, this game at home. I think the Colts know the gravity of this situation, and I think I think they I think they can pull it off. I think they know they need to win this game if they want a chance to win the division. All right, let's move on to our newest segment. This is going to be something we're going to do every single week uh, from here on out. It's going to be a fantasy football segment. So each of us are going to pick a player from anywhere across the league. Typically, someone that's not you know your Patrick Mahomes, your Aaron Rodgers, somebody that's super notable, super popular, somebody a little bit less than that and someone who you think is going to have a monster week. So we're going to keep track, and every single week, whoever of those four players that we pick gets the most points, that person gets the win for the week, and we'll keep a tally as we go ahead. And this is going to be a new segment we do every single episode. Credit to Jack's dad for coming up with this idea. Slight amendment, just an amendment to the the rules. Should we do points, like straight-up points? I think straight-up points, Or points compared to they're projected on ESPN. No, straight up points. Because, well, because like a quarterback, a quarterback scoring twenty five is very different from a running back scoring twenty five. You know, eh, or or, or, a, or, a tight, or a tight end. You know, like like a, we can discuss the rules later. But okay, okay. For, I think this is how we do for now. Yeah, well, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Jack, go ahead. Give me your first player. All right. So obviously, for the first one, I don't want to pick somebody obvious. I'm kind of I'm trying to go with a little bit of a bold guy. So he he had a very strong week last week. He's actually done. He's had two solid games. He had one good. He had one good game, and he had one great game. I'm going to go with an Atlanta Falcons running back. I'm going to go with Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson <laughs> has been off to a great start this season. Coming off a game last week where he had seven catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. He's an explosive player. He's always capable. One play is all he needs to break loose and make a big score. He's coming off a game where he had 24 points. I think Atlanta is trying to find a nice, solid role for him. I think he's he's established that as a as a good as a good third down running back. I actually really like him a lot. The Giants' defense has struggled. When you look at Bradbury, the last game he was very he's very he was he struggled against McLaurin. Patterson, we know with his incredible speed, he can, they can move him to the outside. He can break one loose. I like Cordero Patterson in this game. I expect him to have between a fifteen. I think between like twelve to eighteen points. I like Cordero Patterson. All right, Dean, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bengals receiver, but it's not Jamar Chase. And it's not T. Higgins. I'm gonna go with Tyler Boyd. Ooh, all right, and, Tyler Boyd. You know, after you know, I, I was doing against the Pittsburgh D. I mean, listen, the Pits. I mean, the Pittsburgh D. I think has underwhelmed a tad bit, except, except from my team, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, you know, watching the Steelers defense when they're playing guys in the slot like Cole Beasley and my favorite receiver Hunter Renfro, they have struggled against guys like that in the slot, and. You know, seeing how good Tyler Boyd is, especially in the slot, I think this could be a game where Tyler Boyd goes off on the Steelers' defense. Um, I'm going to say around, I'm going to go 15, 20 points. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with somebody that I'm actually not a huge fan of. I think you guys know. I'm not a huge Hollywood uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown guy, but I think he is due for a monster week. Really? I actually thought you liked him. No, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. Surprised. I'm oh, not a huge not, fan of any of those wide receivers. Like, I don't think he's. I don't think he's good at all. He's so much See, hype. I, I don't think he. I don't think he's that great either. I think he's just more hype than he is productive. But at the same time, he's playing an awful Detroit defense that, in the first two weeks, has given up almost 200 yards to San Francisco's top guy in Debo Samuel, and Devontae Adams just, you know, took them to shreds last. Like he just, they got whatever he wanted. So this week, I think Hollywood Brown, he's a deep threat. We know Lamar Jackson throws the ball deep pretty well, and I think he's due for a, a monster game against a really bad Detroit defense. Aiden, finish it up. I, this might be, this might be cheating a little bit, since he was a first-round pick. But I'm going to go in his first career start, Justin Fields. Ooh, and I'm saying this, I, like I, that. I don't think he's going to have like a solid game. 
He's going against Cleveland, who has a a really good D, but they haven't been playing super well. Well, they did face Mahomes. They did face Mahomes. (laughs) They did face Mahomes. But I think think Justin Fields could put up 30 points, and I think that's mostly going to be because of his legs. I think he's going to get, you know, maybe 50 yards rushing, and if he can run in two scores, which I can definitely see— uh, he's he's a fast guy, uh, so yeah, I got I think I think Fields could be could be primed for an offensive explosion. I might be starting him in my fantasy teams this week. Haven't decided yet I'm between him yeah. and Derek Carr, which is a weird thing to say. But uh, Tannehill was my other quarterback, yeah. so I kind of needed to cut him. I'm gonna disagree with that just because at least like, at least from my my experience, I feel like with the exception of Herbert, like with the exception of Herbert in recent years, no quarterback has come in and truly just dominated right out of the gate. It does take time. So, I'm I disagree with that and against a tough Cleveland team that plays hard and plays well, I just don't see him having a great game. I can't. I, I just think we're primed we're primed to see it. We haven't seen one in a while. We haven't seen a big rookie. We haven't talked about this on the air at all, but don't you guys feel like the whole situation with Chicago is so strange? Like, they have Nick yeah. Foles sitting on the bench. Justin Fields, they tell him they don't want him to play week one because they're facing the Rams and it's Aaron Donald. Then they put him in the game two weeks later, and he's facing Miles Garrett. Like, I, I don't get the whole, the whole narrative with that he can't play this game, but he can start two weeks later, and Nick Foles doesn't get to play, and Andy Dalton's now hurt. It's, it, the whole thing is strange to me. I, I, I don't really I, get it. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back with some college football and some NBA talk. So uh, we'll be back in just a quick second here on Agree or Disagree. Tuesday nights at 10, expect some great hits by queer artists here at Double Rainbow, only on VIC Radio Ithaca. There's a variety of songs in abundance to work, sing, or just dance. Tune in Tuesday nights at 10. And welcome back, everybody, to Agree to Disagree here on Saturday mornings. We'll be here every single Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. here on VIC Radio. Noah Schwartz, Jack Asella, Dean Kutik, and Aiden Chard. Boys, we want to talk some college football because last week was a really strange week in the college football landscape. A lot of odd results. Alabama nearly loses to Florida. Uh, Clemson, Clemson nearly, nearly loses lost. to Georgia Tech. Oklahoma, Oklahoma ne- nearly loses. Ohio State doesn't look very sharp against, uh, against a, a lower-ranked opponent. So this was a whole... A whole really uh, just an odd week in college football, and I, I want to ask Dean because I know he's a, a big college football fan. What do you make of the somewhat lack of parity that we've been seeing in the college football world this year, which is something we haven't seen, I would say, in at least a half a decade plus? Lack of parity. It's wide open this year. No, this year there is parity. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. Sorry. Parity. I, mean, I, I don't know why I said lack of parity. Yeah. yeah so, what? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Not what I meant. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, obviously, Nick Saban—I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to slow down on Alabama because we know how Nick Saban gets, especially when his team is in a close game. He'll get frustrated. They'll put up 60 the next game. But watching that Florida game, I thought Florida—Florida—Alabama the Florida, um, Florida, Alabama does not look that superior. And, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. Dan Mullen loves to give Nick Saban a scare the past few years. I mean, last year's conference title game, this year, I mean— Maybe Florida just loves to play Alabama hard, but, I mean, Alabama, too, didn't look as superior that game. Clemson has not been sharp, which is, doesn't make me happy as much. Ohio State has been struggling. It's wide open this year. Um, this may not happen, but there's a chance where, you know, Cincinnati, even Cincinnati has a shot to make the playoffs. Like I said, I don't think it happens, and the committee doesn't like group of five teams, but this could be a Cincy year. Um, Iowa could get in, um, and... For those who didn't listen to the weekly five, I said this is. I think that I was going to go twelve and zero and beat the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship game. Sorry, Aiden. It's definitely well, possible. Go Hawkeyes. Definitely um, possible. I mean, I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State. Even coming into this year is the, one of the worst teams they've had in a little while. And CJ Shroud is not playing today, as far as I've heard. They're starting a five-star recruit, Kyle McCord. Right. Um, but yeah, it just—it's so weird. A and M has a chance, even though they haven't looked sharp either. Either against Colorado, they had a shaky game. So, it's really a wide open year. I think this is a year where one through twenty-five, anybody's in it to win it. Yeah, there's some big games today. Notre Dame, Wisconsin's one game that I'm going to be Texas, certainly watching. The out Texas A and M game is the biggest. Right. right yep. Yeah. So there's a few different ones that people will be yeah, keeping Texas, their eyes out for. Texas A and M and Arkansas. But uh, either way, it's it's very wide open. It hasn't been this wide open in a long time. I mean, Aiden, your ducks are like right in the mix right now yep. to I potentially mean, be there. So like I, who knows? 
like and like I said last week, the the I'm still conflicted over the whole Ducks uh, Buckeyes situation. I was I was I I don't know if that was painful or not. But yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It is nice to see Oregon competing and being good in a sport that's not basketball. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think the college season this year is very intriguing for the most time. I, I don't find college as intriguing as you guys may, just because, like what I said, like even like like for like last week, a game like Bama and Florida, usually like when you say that's a close game, Alabama would usually beat them fifty-two to fifty-two to fifty-two to thirty-five. Era. It wouldn't. It's like not even close. So for those reasons, I don't really love it. But this season has been very intriguing so far. There's been a lot of close matchups, a lot of games that have come down to the wire, and it's very exciting. And I'm very intrigued with this college season. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. One team I really liked is Georgia. Their defense is legit this year. What they did against Clemson was incredible. And I really think if they can get going, they're going to have a great chance to win the national championship. Please don't remind me of that game again. I would like to erase that. I'd like to give you a minute to rant about your Tigers. Did you you miss Watson? Did you miss Lawrence? Welcome to the real world, bro. I was going to say before I go with Clemson, this has been a weird college football year in general. You have Kansas State in the top 25. You have UCLA. Chip Kelly. Fresno. Fresno State, who beat UCLA. And Coastal. 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 Well, Coastal Carolina almost went undefeated last yeah, year. Uh, Arkansas. When is the last time we've seen the Razorbacks in the top and they're 25? They're good. They're really good. Uh, Ole Miss, who has a Heisman candidate at quarterback right now in Golden Corral, a.k.a. Matt Corral. Yep. And... This B- has been a this has been like a really BYU is fifteen bizarre see, BYU without Zach Wilson BYU beat Arizona State and Utah back to back weeks being ranked but um but Dean switch. please go ahead we're all been looking forward to this rant all right um I'm waiting for it all I now. do not like what we're in right now I cannot believe it, it, desperate times call for desperate measures DJ Uangalale what in the world happened man last year you had the game of your life against North uh, North Dakota Notre Dame. And against Boston College, you led the comeback. I looked at you like, oh, this guy's the next great Clemson quarterback. And I understand it's hard to fill the shoes of Watson and Lawrence, especially when you're held to that standard of excellent football. But it's gotten to a point where I never, ever thought I'd ever, ever, ever say these words. I am advocating strong right now to bench DJ Uangalale. Now, because when you're playing at Clemson, when you're playing at a powerhouse, when you're playing at a dedicated program, and especially, you know, Dabo with the quarterbacks and the teams he's had, you're playing to win. And the, 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 the level that DJ's playing at right now is not the level of winning. It's to the point where I'm actually more excited for Cade Klubnik, who is a five-star recruit. Outside of Quinn Ewers, the best quarterback in 2022, even though Quinn Ewers did reclass because of the NIL. I'm more excited for Cade Klubnik to already come in. But I've just been really disappointed in DJ Uangalale. The receivers, I mean, I, I will give Ross some slack because it's been, what, two years since he played because he had that awful injury. Yep, two years. And, yep. I mean, and God has been good. Uh, the running backs have been horrendous. Um, this is the first time I could say Clemson does not have a running back, even though Will Shipley did look good last week. To me, the the worst uh, problem they have right now is their offensive line. They the, can't protect GJ at all. They can't watching, protect him. Watching that Georgia game. I was embarrassed. I was like, listen, I don't like how DJ's playing right now, but it can't be his fault if you're not giving him time to throw at all whatsoever. The guy got sacked, what, eight times against Georgia? That's embarrassing. The only reason they were in that game, just like they beat Georgia Tech, is because the defense that carries this team, Brent Venables, has to be the best defensive line in college. And honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't even gotten a job yet at all. No, I'm with you. He's the best coordinator in college football. I'm just really... My disappointment is immeasurable. That's all I need to say to you. I'm, I, it, I like, I'm just really disappointed. And there's, and honestly, if they miss the playoffs, so be it. They don't deserve it right now. Right. Let's move on to the NBA because there's a lot uh. to discuss with the NBA. I know Jack has a lot to say about this. So if you didn't see it, the NBA ranks uh, top 100 players came out from ESPN this week. They released them uh, in just a couple of days. Gradually, they, yeah. It was yeah, gradually. It was like 100 to 51, 51 to 25. They went. They went every few days. They gave a few players. And um, we got down to number one, which was Kevin Durant. Number two was Giannis. Number three was LeBron. Now, there's a lot of people on this list that I think, A, doesn't deserve to be there, or they should be ranked higher or lower. I have a lot of problems with the list. But these writers who are voting on this are trying to figure out who the best 100 players are going to be for this season, not who were the best 100 players from last season. 
So, Jack, I'm going to let you start. We, we talked a little bit about this last night uh, at home, but who are your biggest is- what are your biggest issues with this list? I'll start with my biggest issue. I'll start with the biggest issue I got. They disrespected him coming, they disrespected him coming into the draft. They disrespected him by not putting him on an all-rookie team. They disrespected him by not putting him on a top 25 players under 25. And now they disrespect him here. I am tired of the NBA media disrespecting my boy R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett last year was a, at 20 years old, averaged 18 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, shot the ball 40% from 3, was the second best player on a team that actually was playing winning basketball all season. And he's a very, very solid defender. How he does not have a spot on this top 100 list is ridiculous. Especially when you consider who his teammates are that are yes. on this list. Mitchell Robinson was on this. Mitchell Robinson played in 20 games last year. Why is he at the top 100 over him? Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was great for the Knicks last year. But if you had to pick who was more important to the Knicks season, it's going to be R.J. Barrett. So that is ridiculous that R.J. Barrett is not on this list. And when you look at some of these guys from 151, R.J. Barrett, I can probably say... 10 to probably like 13 guys that I would say RJ is better than. I'm not asking RJ to be in the top 10 or even the top 50, but he deserves a spot. He has earned the right to be considered one of the 100 best players in the NBA. That is disgraceful. I'm absolutely with you. Dean, go ahead. Your biggest issue is? I, first, first of all, um, I love that we're all ranting. I love that we're all ranting this morning on like basketball, college football. Like, this is a great way to start off Saturday morning. Um. You know, looking at the list, I, I'm surprised that Westbrook was barely top 30. I think Westbrook is a top 20 player. Even even though I am not the biggest Westbrook fan, I will give him some credit, and I do think that he is one of the mo- more premier players in the league today. Uh, Rudy Gobert, maybe this is me being biased. Maybe this is me disliking him. Rudy He's too Go- high on the list. Rudy Gobert being at 25 or is he? At, was he at twenty five? I think he's twenty four or twenty five. I mean, he I did he did shut down the whole league. You got to remember. All that. right, that that was like a year or two ago. Okay, this is how in COVID. The, and because of COVID, <laughs> yeah, for the wrong reasons because of COVID. <laughs> uh, like to around the twenty five range, I think he's way too high on that list. I first of all, and there's guys like he's above like Brandon Ingram, who I think Brandon Ingram's a better player than Rudy Gobert. Um, I just feel like there's so, there's. I mean, listen, no list is perfect. We criticize the NFL top 100. We criticize the NBA top 100. No list will forever be perfect, but there, there are some high question marks. R.J. Barrett not being on there, as you mentioned before, I was surprised by that too. Um, Your man Marcus Morris isn't on the top I was, 100. Oh, I was shocked by no, that. No worries, Kawhi Leonard. When I, when I I was, saw, I'm going to get to that. When I saw Wait. Marcus Morris, I'll, I'll get to the Kawhi in a minute. When I saw, I mean, when I saw Marcus Morris wasn't on there, I was surprised because he was one of the best shooters last year in the NBA. When he was one of the better third options, even though in the playoffs Reggie Jackson took on that role, he's not on the top 100 either. Either I don't think I, I don't think I saw Reggie Jackson on there. Yeah, that's absurd. That's a- actually ridiculous. Um, Jalen Green is on here. Cade Cunningham too, and they haven't even played. <laughs> they haven't a played a game. Game in the see. This is my problem, and it's not just the NBA. It's any sport. You cannot rate a player that has not played a game yet. I th- if you rate someone like Jalen Green, a top 100 that hasn't played a game yet. You're out of your mind. He might be at the end of the year, but he's not right now. Like, yeah, like maybe at the end of the year, sure. I mean, Jalen Green looks legit, and so does Cade Cunningham. But you don't rank someone who hasn't played yet before the year. That's just mind-boggling. Yeah, so I'm, I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray, who are two of the best 25 players or so in the NBA. Kawhi's I think Murray, top Jamal Murray, 30, top 35, not Fine, 25. even if he's top 35. The fact that these two players, who are injured, I understand, they may not play this year, but the chance is there that they still will play at some point later in the regular season. The fact that those two dudes aren't on this list is outrageous. I mean, Kawhi is a top 6-7 player in the league. I know Dean would know that with experience. The guy is phenomenal. And he's not on the top 100 list? Like, Are you kidding me? If he plays 10 games next year... He'll give some value to the Clippers. He'll probably elevate them, potentially to make the playoffs get a higher seed, even if he just plays a little bit. Same thing with Jamal Murray. When Jamal Murray plays, the Denver Nuggets are a championship contender. When he doesn't play, they're not even close to a team that has a chance of making the final. So it's just it's a disgrace. And another one was Miles Turner moving from eighty to forty four after having a year in which he didn't really have, yeah. have play that well. Like I just, he was only a couple spots behind his teammate Sabonis, who was a million times better than him. 
I just have so many problems with Clay this Thompson list. is number 32. Clay Thompson hasn't played in two, in two years. years, and he's number 32. Yeah, Clay Thompson, just, uh, let, me, let me find some of the names Clay Thompson was ahead of, because I just, it was ridiculous. Go ahead, Dean. Or go ahead, uh, I got, I got something. You know what, you know what we're not ready to talk about? The absolute robbery. Oh, yeah. Lonzo Ball. He's on there, though. What is he, 67? 67. 67. Yeah. 57. 57. That man is the greatest basketball player ever to step on the court. <laughs> that's, your, um, that's not how you spell Bismack Biombo. No, um, yeah. All seriousness, I do think Lonzo should be higher. That's my yeah, personal I agree. opinion. I agree with that. I do believe Lonzo is a top 50 player easily. I would put him in the top 35. Uh-huh. Um, it might be a bit of a stretch. I am very hot on him. Uh, what I what I hate is that uh, ESPN kind of, if I, if I saw this correctly, they affirmed the uh, horrible, horrible decision of the NBA Rookie of the Year and are putting LaMelo ahead of yeah, Anthony Edwards. He does not deserve to be there. Ridiculous. LaMelo is not a top 50 player, uh, and Anthony Edwards is. Um, but the other one, the one that really is getting to me, is Ben Simmons being at 28? Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that's old, where he's supposed to he be. He got a lot no. higher. I thought he was going to be in the 40s this if year. Ben, if, ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons is a power forward, yeah, he's a 28. But he's a point guard. I don't care. I don't care if he can do other things. He can't shoot the ball, he can't score, and he d- his team doesn't want him. <laughs> We're going to get to Simmons in a little bit. I know yeah. we'll get to him. I don't think, I don't think he's worthy of, a 28, uh, of the 28th position in this list. I was. This is going to be also a little stretch, a little biased. Um, and I know you love to make jokes about this certain player. So Paul George is put at 12. Mm-hmm. I think and, it's a little high. And I... A little bit. Not, not, I would put him around 15. I, seriously, I would. Come, I, 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 am, I agree I'm, with that. There were guys like Devin Booker I'd put ahead of him. There's a couple of guys Fair. I would. Fair. Yeah, I think like 15 would have been the right I was afraid, no, I'm saying I was afraid that they were going to actually put him lower, but I'm glad that they did put him at 12, or at least a little outside the top 10, I mean... He should have been at thirteen. If you watched him, <laughs> if you watched him in the playoffs, he did all he could in the playoffs. Um, but overall, this list was not perfect. No list is perfect. Um, uh, are you sure ESPN covers the right sport? Seriously, I remember a couple of years ago, and speaking of Lonzo Ball, one of the biggest issues I've ever had with it was when Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony was behind rookie Lonzo Ball. Carmelo Anthony was like two or three spots behind him. And, and Carmelo it was just Anthony absurd. was still an all-star caliber player yeah. at that point. And just, by the way, speaking, before we move on, speaking of Clay Thompson, some of the guys behind Clay at 32, who hasn't played in two years, Zach Levine, who averaged 28 last year, De'Aaron Fox, DeAndre Ayton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, Pascal Siakam. I mean, some of these names are just, it's just absurd yeah. that, that he gets to go ahead of them. You, He's not even playing until Christmas. So if we're, if we're talking about Kawhi and Jamal Murray, why does he get to be so high? Yeah. He's not, they're not on, even on yeah, the list. Exactly. If you have not played in two years, you should not even touch the top 100 list. You, it's, I'm, I'm just, my mind is just, in, how, how, how is, how is Clay Thompson on this list? And Kawhi, Mur- Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray are not. That's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Also, Donovan Mitchell should have been higher than Trey Young. No, not at all. And I don't have to get into this. Please. All right, so let's, let's move on quickly. We're going to talk Ben Simmons for just a minute here. He is not going to report to training camp, guys. Training camp starts this week. Media day is on Monday. He is not going to report. Uh, Woj has reported that he will never play for the Sixers again. He will not step foot on an NBA floor until it's for an organization other than the Philadelphia 76ers. I've been team... Philadelphia on this the whole time. I think the Sixers have done right by him for the most part and have handled the situation for the for the most part really well. And he, for lack of a better word, stunk it up in the playoffs, and that's why they're in this spot. And if he played better, they're not in this situation. So I blame Ben for most of this. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's where I'm, I sit on this whole situation. Yeah, first off, I just want to say I'm stunned that you went with Team Daryl. Daryl Morey's my man. Yeah, Best I, I, executive I, I, in basketball, baby. Re- we really didn't oh. see that one coming. There's a guy named Leon Rose. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Jerry West. Anyway, with going in the situation, I agree. I'm on Philadelphia's side. They've done their they, – and also they have to do what's best for them. And I actually think it's better if they get rid of Ben Simmons as much as I don't want to say that because coming in – when Ben Simmons was coming into the season, when I saw him, and you guys may disagree with me, Ben Simmons, in my opinion, has the talent and should be – He's probably a top five in terms of talent in the NBA. He should be as good as Giannis, if not better. Giannis was a raw prospect who had to work and get harder. He didn't have natural talent like Ben Simmons has. If Ben Simmons could shoot, I think, and he averaged 25 a game, he'd be the MVP every single season. 
And I could, I firmly believe that. Dude, I think. Yeah, I, I think firmly believe that. I think yeah. he's one of the most talented players in the league. But he doesn't have that, 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 that uh, the word I'm trying to say that that stride to be great. He doesn't work to get better. He surrounds himself by his loved ones who don't tell him what he needs to hear, and that's his biggest problem. He doesn't listen to. He doesn't take criticism, and. And, and you can't play in this league if you're not willing to do that and willing to fix your mistakes and learn how to get better. Evolve your game. Look at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis completely learned how to shoot, shoot the three ball. He learned how to become a playmaker down low. He developed his game. He became better. That's what you have to do in this game. And that's why he's one of like he's a top, top five, top ten player in this game today. So he really needs to become better. I think this is a good situation for Philadelphia. They can get a real point guard in there. Somebody who's going to be that second scorer for Joel Embiid. Obviously, I know they're trying for Dame. I don't think they're going to be able to get a guy like Dame. There's rumors they can get McCollum. I actually think I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's available. Yeah, like they might no. be settling for the Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Field package. Like that that really may be where they have to go because yeah. I'm not sure they should have taken who's the giving war- him. They should have taken the Warriors package. Yeah, I didn't love that deal because they had Wiseman, and then he'd just be a backup to yeah. uh, to yeah. I, I didn't get that one either. But yeah, there's no, not a great fit. No, for that him. was their best offer though. They were, yeah. they were gonna get four first round picks, and they want like a ton of draft picks. So that would have been their best option. But I don't know. I think Philadelphia is in the right here, and Ben Simmons like basically he needs to grow up. Yeah, and that's until he does, he's he's gonna have problems. You beat me to it. I do think Ben Simmons also needs to grow up. You know, seeing oh he's not going to report a camp and may not even play us in a 76ers jersey ever again. Um, well, him not playing for Philadelphia would be better. Uh, I said this a few years back, and I'll say it again. As long as Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia, they will never, ever, ever, ever win a championship. And I said this back in middle school, high school, don't remember. But Ben Simmons is a guy that just – I, I try to defend him, but holds just holds the team back completely. I mean, he sold pretty hard in the playoffs. He, with a chance to dunk, he decided to pass the ball, and it's de- it's decisions like that, it's plays like that, where you criticize a certain player. How about this, Dean? Do. And he he shot thirty four percent from the free throw line in the playoffs this year. Thirty four percent. I think I could do better. I could do better. I, I, no I, doubt we could all do better. I have one hand that I think <laughs> I could do better. Um, you know, it says a lot. Um. But, you know, I'm just really disappointed. And seeing, you know, him in training videos, shooting threes, I'm just like, great. How about you do that on the court when there's fans watching you? Because, yeah. like, every year it's shooting threes, going to the hoop, practicing. Like, can you do that yeah. in the NBA? The NBA yeah. is a shooting league. Like, Mitchell and- Robinson has videos like that. He he dribbles like he's Allen Iverson or, or Kyrie Irving, but that don't mean he's the best point guard. Like, I'll see- like it means nothing. Like, I'll see Simmons taking – Pull up logo three shots in the gym, and it's like, wow, where is this in the, on the NBA court? It's, it just I, I I don't like the way that the guy carries himself. I don't like the way he plays his game. And you know, for someone who says they're a point guard, he, he does he sure doesn't play like a point guard. And and point guard's the most important position in basketball. Point guard helps you know the point guard helps run the offense. You know, elevate your teammates. You know, and there's a lot of great point guards in this league, but Ben Simmons isn't one of them. And honestly, if you're Philly and you trade him away. Just do it like Nike. So um, I'm, I'm Team Daryl Morey on this side. All right, we're going to move on to winners and losers like we do every single week just to wrap up the show here today. Uh, it's been a fun show so far, so let's finish strong. Jack, winner or loser, go ahead. Uh, it's kind of like a little bit of both. My winner and loser is the Timberwolves because they – they, they they got rid of their they got rid of their president who I think was doing an awful job. Yeah, Herson Rosas who yeah. was, used to work for Daryl Morey. Yeah, speaking of him. I think he's been terrible. So I think it was good to get rid of him. But at the same time, why are you getting rid of him like a week before the training camp's about to start? So it makes no sense to me. So I don't understand why. Also, let's have another quick loser. My loser is the New York Mets officially eliminated from the wild card. Let's, and they can be eliminated from the division today. Yes. Let's give a round of applause to Luis Rojas. You've done a phenomenal job. I wish you best of luck in your future endeavors. So enjoy these last two weeks, and then uh, we'll see you somewhere else. Aiden, go ahead. I got a loser. Um, you, you guys been following this whole Presbyterian College thing? Coach, no. Uh, coach so. Kevin Kelly. So he's this coach that gained notoriety – the past two decades uh, as an Arkansas Arkansas uh, high school coach, won nine championships in football 18 here? seasons. Yeah, in football. Okay. Uh, and he's the coach that never punts. 
and kicks an onside kick after every touchdown. That is awesome. I love that guy. He's, he's the guy who plays Madden, but in real life. <laughs> I uh, and he that got so hired. Much. He got hired at Presbyterian College. Won their first game, eighty-four to forty-three. Set. Oh, I did hear about set this. Set an FCS right, record with ten passing touchdowns. Second I, I game, won sixty-eight to three. Third game, lost seventy-two to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that third game, definitely tough. But I. <laughs> I am hopeful for this team. Uh, I, I was reading an ESPN story about it. Um, it's a good story. I would highly recommend reading it. Um, but he is, uh, according to that story, this this team that they were just playing, they're a bad team by, you know, D1 standards, but they're the best team on the schedule for Presbyterian. So I think he's got he's got a ways to go. He's got a ways to learn about how college football works, about how real teams work. Uh, so he's he's my loser. Losing seventy two to nothing is tough. Um, so it's like a fourth and thirty. He'll just he'll just yeah. go for it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, it's I'll ridiculous. Like, so he, they were down. They were down. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were down big. They were down fifty eight to nothing in the fourth quarter, and they chucked a chucked a deep a ball deep, threw a pick, got returned for for a touchdown, but they just they just it, it didn't matter. They just kept they just kept throwing the ball downfield. They didn't try to run out the clock. They didn't try to, you know, play it safe. <laughs> Sounds like the Jets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I did so, was throw the ball a really tough week. game for Kevin Kelly. But follow, follow, I re- I follow Presbyterian him so much. I respect him. Keep an eye so on. Much. They could be fun. Dude, they could be go, fun. Go ahead. Maybe they should play Bishop, Bishop Sycamore and get an invite. <laughs> 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 That'd be game of the year right there. Uh, um, I know, normally I'll never talk about this team. My winner is the Arizona Coyotes. So norm, we know for, well, this probably be the first and last time I mentioned this. The Arizona Coyotes have completely rebranded, and they've gone back to their retro jerseys, the the white Kuchina jerseys. I think these are beautiful. This may be photoshopped. I think these are. Oh, that does look pretty. cool. I think these are amazing. Oh, those look nice. And I love the, I love the logo. I'm really happy that the Coyotes are rebranding. They may have a new arena coming soon in Arizona, even though there has been issues with the team and possibly relocating. Um, I think a rebrand in the Coyotes. Franchise and possibly moving to a new arena in Arizona may do good for them. All right. For me, my winner, just to finish up here, is Syracuse football. Last night they went at home and they beat Liberty. Malik Willis, who might be the number one overall wow, pick in next year's NFL Liberty, draft. Wow. Liberty was 3 0. They've been ranked for like three years in a row, and Syracuse was 0 3, and they're a horrible football team. And they stole one 24 21, a last second field goal. Congratulations to the Orange on their first win. It took a different quarterback for them to win this game, but they did it, and thank God this team is no longer winless. Malik, there's a lot of interesting quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. Rattler, Hal, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, possibly Matt Corral, Carson Strong. Like, there's a lot yeah, of names all over the place they can go with. And just think, if it was two year, if they were going to be drafted two years later, they could possibly be the next franchise quarterback of the year. <laughs> Maybe they will. Uh, all right, yeah, guys. None of us even mentioned another loser just real quick. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's Zach me. Wilson and me. No, just specifically Zach Wilson. Come on, at the half, what was it? Three picks, four completions. Jeez. Oh yeah. Hey man, oh. you only get better from here. This game, he goes for three interceptions. Another quick winner is myself. Uh, tomorrow, I will not be in Ithaca. I'm going to be in Buffalo for the first time. So I'm be- I'm going to be going to Bills, Washington tomorrow. I'm going to be spending a lot of the day in Buffalo and Niagara Falls. I'm really excited to be going to my first Bills game in Buffalo, and uh, hopefully they win. And I got to watch Taylor Heineke. That makes it even better. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with much more here on Agree to Disagree. For Noah Schwartz, Jack Asello, Gene Gujic, and Aiden Chard, see you guys next week, 9 a.m. on VIC. Strong Want to hear the best of what's next? Tune in every Tuesday, 6 to 7 p.m. for the new music show, right here on VIC Radio, the voice of Ithaca College. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. 
Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping lot in your state. Find your comfiest chair, grab your coldest beverage, and relax. Every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 o'clock, with me, DJ Dog, on the kickback on VIC Radio. We'll be listening to the best of classic rock, so tune in. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. you ever wanted to look back, maybe you're searching for a memory and just can't find the right one. You just, you're so close to remembering, but then you forget. Well, I'm DJ 